When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Any good stories from the road? And pipe up. I wish we'd gotten seen a little bit more out of our punter. I'm starting to puke. It makes my stomach hurt. Yeah. I thought he was going to die. I'm starting to throw up in my mouth a little bit. He's on the probiotics. Is Georgia playing the 1985 Bears this weekend or what? A lot of Todd, Todd, Todd talk. That poison proof. They're mongeese. We will not be hunted at the University of Georgia. I can promise you that. The hunting that we do will be done from us going the other direction. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Georgia Show. Jake Rowe, welcome in. Jake Roos. I uh, hope you guys are having a wonderful International Women's Day. Uh, who is your favorite international woman? Mm, good question. Um, I'd probably Rihanna. go with... Uh, Rihanna is a good international woman, I, I think. Amelia Is Amelia Earhart... Was she well, she's, dom- she's domestic. Well, she tried. <laughs> she, she, gave it, she gave it her best shot uh welcome in in all seriousness um so- sophia vergara yeah she is international for sure uh happy international women's day to my wife who just put band-aids on all of the mole removal spots that i had from the dermatologist yesterday she is uh I'll tell you she's a superhero anyways enough about all that i won't show you my scars guys we're finally talking about Georgia spring football and Jake Rowe, you had a pretty intriguing piece up today about Georgia's receiving talent coming aboard this spring and uh, the game plan for Mike Bobo and company. I was just, just so excited to actually read guys uh, names that are on this year's team. Again, the combine is one thing. The draft prep is one thing. All the other stuff behind us is totally different. But actually seeing this team is amazing. And seeing Lab McConkey's name and Brock Bowers on the page, it did some good stuff for my soul. Yeah. Okay. So here's the thing. As a sports writer, as a as a beat guy, as somebody who follows the team, you really want to kind of hit autopilot for a minute, right? That was a long season. And Georgia's done, you know, you get home from LA January 10th. Uh Palmer and I basically actually we got home January eleventh. Um, we basically flew all night to get home and, and, uh, you're sitting there thinking you're like two months and it's going to be, it's going to be ready to roll again. And then everything that happened, I mean, what a terrible, awful, no good, very bad, uh, you know, month and a half there. And then, um, you know, right there, uh, you know, you, you start to kind of get into autopilot mode once all of that's over, you start to get into some of these early enrollee profiles, some stuff that you've kind of written over and over again. You get to share some opinion. You get to share some uh, – uh, you get to kind of editorialize a little bit and, and talk about these guys and, and what you've heard and what you know about them. And then, bam, you're sitting here at spring break. Spring break at Georgia means spring practice is about to start. And, uh, and you start writing about the storylines. And, honestly, um, it's the first time in a long time I felt like we had more storylines than we had – days of the week leading up may may even go into Monday. Normally I just kind of go Monday through Friday, the week leading up and uh, that's it. But uh, this year we're focused on, uh, we're focused more on uh, 
you know, kind of the five days and, and may have to go to a six just because there's so many storylines and there was receivers are one of them. Let's get back to that in just a second, though. We've got a, we've got the man. We got a live, we got a live pop in from Palmer Toms. I peer it looks like a him. fake background. I <laughs> really the green screen. I yeah. peer pressured Palmer to join the show. Uh, Palmer's at the SEC tournament in Nashville at Bridgestone Arena. Palmer, what's happening at the Stone? Uh, well, right now we've got Ole Miss and South Carolina playing 231 left in the second half, 63-56 Ole Miss. Georgia and LSU in the game to follow. Um, and we've got a really loud Ole Miss band going as well. I don't know if y'all can hear that. Um, but, yeah, Georgia fighting for their life. It's winner go home for them every game the rest of this week. If they uh, – they can win five. They're in the NCAA tournament. If they lose any of those leading up to that point, they're probably not playing any postseason basketball. Yeah, it started out pretty promising for Mike White's team. I'll let you go after this one, Palmer. I know uh, you want to get locked into the game. You got to get settled in and kind of keep your tabs on what's happening on the court there. But Mike White views this yeah, tournament I mean, as a uh, – well, you can't, you can't show that on the air, Palmer, so let's not get uh, – <laughs> Let's not get Greg Sankey to kick us off of YouTube. Uh, what was Mike White's perspective on starting this season over, essentially, as the dogs get into the SEC tournament? Yeah, he was excited about the opportunity to come here and, and have a fresh start. Um, you know, weirder things have happened. Uh, you know, anybody's got a chance. Um, you know, zero and zero, all the cliches, bring them out for the Bulldogs. Um, because they are using them all. They know that they haven't played their best basketball of late, uh, losing five in a row, league high coming into this uh, tournament. And, um, you know, they're the 11 seed. They're the better-seeded team. They beat LSU earlier this year, uh, about a month ago today. It was actually their last win, but they're the underdogs tonight. So, um, yeah, I, I think there's, there's an understanding that things have not gone great as of late. But that uh, they have played good basketball. And if you look at it, I mean, they play – I'm not saying this is going to happen, but they play LSU. They beat LSU. They play Vanderbilt if they win that game. They probably should have beaten Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt shot 50% against them. And then they play Kentucky, who they split the season series with, uh, and, and won the last time against them. So it's, it's a favorable draw for a team that's losing five in a row. Look – we're going to chop wood about it, or at least I am, when we wrap up the show here. Palmer, there's a young Tennessee fan behind you looking for a uh, defense on football. So I, I wish him the best of luck back there as he Tennessee looks man. around the arena. Palmer, uh, thank you, man. Best of luck. Follow Palmer Toms on Twitter for live updates from the game and also join us for more uh, in-depth analysis on the board over at dogshq.com with a premium membership. You don't want to miss out on that, $29.99 through August 31st. All right, so Georgia tips off. What if Greg Sankey had walked up behind Palmer after he turned that thing on the floor and just kind of shut him off, like with the little neck grab there? He's back. What? He's back. I thought I pressed uh, the button. What happened? Greg Sankey got him. Greg Sankey's supposed to be in the seat right in front of me. Turn All right, the camera. We'll just take, take a picture of the back of his head and send it in or put it on Twitter and we'll Ask live stream it tonight. He's not there. Ask for comments. Hey, see if you can get him on Bark in the Dark. 
<laughs> Mark After Dark. Sorry. You don't even know the name of your own show. All right, no, here we go. Um, all right, Georgia tips off at 9.30 p.m. If you're listening to this on a replay, you already know what happened. Georgia won the game. <laughs> uh <laughs> All right, Georgia lost to LSU. That'd be the, right, that, that, that's that's the expected happened. outcome, buddy. <laughs> Anything can happen. You said yeah. both, though, and now, now, now everybody's getting what they need. All right, let's get um, back right, to the original programming. <laughs> back, yeah. back to the uh, football talk. The receiving picture for this. Georgia starting to take shape this spring, row. Yeah, for sure. And, and you know, that, that's what I was kind of – you know, my long-winded way of getting to it was – you know, I started thinking about the storylines for the spring. You got a quarterback competition. Uh, you got, you know, reloading in the secondary. We've done both of those. Today uh, was the receiver's turn. And um, listen, man, I don't think enough was made and, and didn't have enough time to really do it uh, because of everything that went on. Uh, but of George's addition to Dominic Lovett, um, you know, I've heard quite a bit now uh, to this point that, uh, you know, this guy is um, – you know, he's the real deal. And Georgia fans saw it up close. They saw Dominic Love and kind of car- love, love it, kind of carve him up for a couple of quarters there in Columbia, Missouri. Um, he had some big games this year. He was one of the best receivers in the SEC. Um, I think folks are going to be really satisfied with him. Um, I think Ra Ra Thomas is a big addition and he's cleared his legal hurdles. Um, uh, you know, I don't know the situation. I'm not going to sit here and comment on it and act like Georgia's doing the right or wrong thing. Um, you know, I think they've investigated it, they've booted guys. Uh, um, Jake Roos is way up in my face right now. I mean, you were so close to that camera. I was looking for something over in my mail slot and didn't realize we'd gone back to the three-person look. Jake Roos yeah, streaming man. his broadcast from a also, spy balloon. This, this, this head's tough to keep in the frame, buddy. Yeah, I could. Uh, I, I saw a tonsil. Uh, but it uh, – you know, Rara Thomas is a good addition. I like the I like the three freshmen. I, I like the boxes that they check off there. I mean, they've got a big physical guy that that's runs probably better than than you realize. Um, there in Tyler Williams, they've got Anthony Evans, who um, you know he's a blur, and then they got a kind of an all around dude there in and Yazid Haynes. And um, we've kind of gotten to all of those guys that I've mentioned at one point or another through some story. And uh, Georgia's wide receiver position is is primed in a really good spot, despite losing Ad Mitchell and despite losing Kiaris Jackson. I'm probably more excited about Georgia's wide receiver uh, class in 2023 than I have been about one in a long time. I think that there's a lot of potential in that group. I I've made no secret of it. If you've followed this channel, if you followed these shows, I think Tyler Williams is real deal uh, Holyfield man. I think he's I think he's a dude that can be a dude. Uh, at the next level. Yazid is one of those dudes who kind of flew under the radar for a long time. And then, like you said, with with Evans, it's just all about speed. I mean, he's a guy who brings that element to it. And uh, how and Yazid's And Yazid's got plenty of it, too. Oh, no question. Absolutely. I mean, Yazid, from a pure athleticism standpoint, his measurables check off. I mean, his broad jump was huge. I think he had a really nice vert, if I'm not mistaken, at Penn State camp last year. Um, you know, Tyler Williams, though, I think the guy with the big ceiling because he's not been playing football for more than two or three years. Um, he was a longtime basketball guy, thought that was his future. And you see some of that translate over, I think, when you watch his tape. So I, I really, really love that freshman class for Georgia. I think that there's a lot of upside in these guys. This isn't, listen, I, Lad McConkey has turned out to be an outstanding player, but it, it's not like they were taking these late 
these late fine guys. You know, they they identified some really big time guys, and you know, Yazid was one of those guys that they took, and then everything sort of skyrocketed for him in his uh, senior year. I think like seventeen hundred yards or something like that. Um, some some real potential in this group. Uh, we will definitely devote more time to this topic on a later episode because I think it's worthy of its own block or mm-hmm. two. Um, yeah. But with Georgia having a new quarterback and a new offensive coordinator, when you look back at Alabama, because Bama's the standard, they've only had a couple seasons where they've replaced an OC and a quarterback and still gone on to appear or win a national championship. Um that that's kind of the X factor for me. That's the other side of this sword of this double-edged blade for Georgia's receiving core and its quarterback position is how do you get that many guys in sync with the quarterback and understanding what Mike Bobo wants to do on offense in one off season that to me will potentially make or break Georgia's success on offense. How well all of those individuals and those units uh, handle that transition I think the number one thing there is is you you maintain a level of continuity I'm not uh, you know listen I, I have I've said this all along I think I think the offense is going to stay similar I don't think it's going to be the exact same I think it's going to stay similar um, and I think the terminology is definitely going to pretty much stay the same and I think that really helps the learning curve there I think the Bobo thing is a little bit of a non-factor as, as compared to the new quarterback um, you know, because listen, uh, you know, I had somebody bring it up to me the other day. I mean, t- bring it up to me yesterday, you know, Todd Munkin is in Baltimore and that's not looking like the greatest decision right now because, you know, Lamar Jackson's situation is going on. My God, at the, at the stir that has Ooh. caused, um, uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to get too deep into it, but I mean, um, you know, there's only one franchise given fully, fully guaranteed contracts to quarterbacks. And that's one of the worst there is. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So, uh, sorry, Roos. I know that you, you, don't, you root for a couple of doozies, buddy, and uh, in, in the Browns and the, and the uh, Falcons. But, uh, you know, that was, uh, that's looking like an all-time screw-up there, uh, what, what they did for Deshaun Watson. And, and he wants – Come on now, you're. It's not like not like the Broncos are looking genius for Russell Wilson either. But. Hey man, Super Bowls, kiss the ring. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I need to I'm find ready. a team. Uh, the Falcons and I are on a break. Yeah, I would. I'd go on break with the Falcons all the time. See other people. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's. It, but still, I mean, you know, Todd Munkin. Okay, so why did he make the move? Well, he doesn't want to recruit. Could part of it have been the quarterback situation? I don't think so, man, because Carson Beck looked so much better last year when we saw him late in games. And it means something because he didn't look that good the year before. It showed improvement. So I think the quarterback thing is a little bit more of an issue than anything else. Uh, Also, simply because Georgia can't really settle in on a guy. Uh, They can't. Uh, you know they would love to. You know they would love for like Gunnar Stockton or Carson Beck or, or or Brock Vandergriff to come out this spring and be like, "This is my job. You cannot deny me." You know, and 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 do that with their play. They're going to have to deny him. 
They're going to have to be like, mm-hmm. hey, we got to take this in. Oh, man, this is going to last into the into the uh, into camp. This thing's going to last into the season because they really need to keep all three guys around. My my theory throughout this and, and with the addition of the two transfer guys, I mean, obviously they're tremendous players, and I think they would have done it in any regard. But my theory has been that they're just trying to ease the curve for whoever's coming in. You give them as many good weapons as you can, and – figure it out from there. Give them as I many mean, weapons and give them as much time. I mean, there yeah. is the transfer portal factor that, that, that helps, but why not see how, you know, how long you can go on this thing and let your guy have all the time he needs to figure it out, but also just have a competition that gets heated and heated and heated and builds up more until the fall. I don't know. I was trying to do it for the mirror. It looks like PI. Uh, is there a pass interference on. on the play? <laughs> hold, on, hold on, here we go. 19. There you go. 19. 19. Yeah. yeah. That's all that matters. Brock Bowers. I still to this day contend that Stetson Bennett and Todd Munkin at Georgia were built by Brock Bowers. I, I'm the biggest Brock Bowers stand there is. I think he changes things in such a way that that you can't even imagine. You know, when you talk with other coaches and they're like – Man, you you don't know how hard it is when a team lines up in two tight end and you have to you have to play them as if they're in three or four different personnel sets because of what that guy can do. Um, and uh, there he is, the man. Um, and I'll tell you what, Georgia wins the third straight national title. He goes over a thousand yards. The greatest bulldog ever in my mind will be Brock Bowers. Uh, and, and and he can cement that by coming back for his senior year, but I think he'll probably be about as old as <laughs> – yeah, He should really do that, I think. He should do it. He should do it because <laughs> – funny thing, you may not know this about Brock Bowers. He's a little bit of an old man. Like if Brock Bowers stuck around Georgia six years like Stetson Bennett did, I think Brock Bowers might be 30. He's so, a time uh, traveler, man. Yeah, he, he is. He's something special, and I think that's the um, – that is the uh, he's like I put in the story today that he is the straw that stirs the drink. He's oh, going to be that way, and and that's the way it's going to be. That's been your that's been your go to phrase lately. Just so you're oh, it just is a little Reggie Jackson action, dude. <laughs> Uncle Glenn Hartley says, "Powered by Bowers." That's, that's right. a good catchphrase. This show and its apparel is powered by Breaking Tea. We uh, invite you to check out the fine selection, not just Brock Bowers's mug there but stetson bennett all the national championship attire that you desire i didn't even mean to make that rhyme but they have t-shirts and hoodies and sweatshirts and mugs to uh drink hot beverages out of them maybe something a little stronger go check out breaking tea the link is always in the episode description all right jake Roos, you mentioned the freshman in general uh palmer toms i wanted to give him a shout out as he is sitting courtside with Greg Sankey at the SEC tournament. Uh, the list of freshmen to watch, and these are guys, Jake Roos, that you were uh, just covering pretty heavily not too long ago. So let's just go through them really quick and uh, get y'all's thoughts on them because I'm excited about at least a couple of them. And your guy made the list, Jake Roos. We'll start with Tyler Williams. To me, I know Ra Ra Thomas has – more experience in college, but Tyler and Ra Ra kind of have that similar frame. I know Tyler could probably put on a little bit more muscle to catch up to, uh, to Ra Ra, but you got some big bodies there that Georgia hasn't really had in the receiving game outside of maybe Marcus Rosemey Jack Saint. 
uh, for the past couple seasons now because Pickens was out for most of 2021. Yeah, AD was a thicker or AD was a taller guy, but he wasn't exactly thick. Kind of lanky. He was lanky for sure. Tyler's a little bit more. Like I said, I I think that basketball background. He's sort of built like a a a high school power forward, if you will. Um, So yeah, I I think Tyler Williams, uh, you know, sky's the limit kind of thing for him. You know, it's really uh, for him uh, his best football's ahead. I think Um, he hasn't been playing for a long time. Not a guy that you know. is sort of topped out in his ceiling, played at a tremendous high school program down there at Lakeland. Um, just uh, they're outstanding, the dreadnoughts. Yeah, that, that uh, place is a it's a powerhouse. Huh? It's a factory, man. And, um, you know, I, I think that that's a, a huge benefit uh, for Tyler Williams. He was playing against great competition down there, um, you know, and he, he's a guy who, you know, really kind of throughout this process knew what he wanted to do, uh, was really kind of, hard focused on the Bulldogs throughout it. Uh, loved Brian McClendon, loved his vision. Uh, another one of those guys that, you know, Georgia, even that quick stop that he had in Miami, I think benefited Georgia with, uh, with uh, Brian McClendon getting to know Tyler Williams a little bit and touching base with him. So, um, <laughs> you know, Brian I, McClendon was a, was just like, a Georgia operative at Miami. He put in like a month and he like, he got, he got in touch with like tons of kids, man. It was crazy. I mean, seriously, that happened. There were a lot of kids I spoke to once they got, or once he arrived to Georgia that were like, Oh yeah, I know. I knew him from, I knew him from visiting Miami in January and like how, what a kick in the nuts to Mario. Christopher. <laughs> I mean, just, just a nightmare. I mean, they got the, the Michael Crabtree comparison over there. That would be, that's that's one hell of a comparison. I, I Georgia fans better hope that he's as good as Michael Crabtree. Because yeah, that comparison is uh, is going to be tough to live up to. Like I said, that go watch the tape on Tyler Williams. That's really what convinced me so so much on him was seeing what he put on tape. Um, I think he's just a guy who has so many special attributes to his game, and um, I, I think that he can flourish in this offense. Two guys that you've been high on. Jake Rowe, C.J. Allen, and Janelle Aguero also check in on Palmer's list. Uh, you've just heard from people at Georgia that have seen him play uh, that those are two guys that are already making a name for themselves as early enrollees and rolling into the spring. That can only be good things for both of those dudes in Athens. I tell you what, I think I, I think I told this story on the on the uh, on this show, and and if I didn't, I told it on the board. Um, but I wrote a story uh, a couple months ago and I mentioned instant impact freshman and I put Raylan Wilson in there and I had somebody who would know, shoot me a text with the link to that story. And it just said CJ Allen. Um, and you know, that when somebody does that, it kind of, they kind of reach out to you and they're like, Hey, I read your story. Uh, there's another guy that should have been in there. And, um, CJ Allen was that guy. Now I, 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 he's got a tough, he's got a tough road to hoe here to get on the field because Jawan Dumas Johnson, um, and uh, and Smile Munden, this the scheme is second nature to them, and I think Smile Munden is bound for a tremendous football season. I mean, I believe he ended up being Georgia's leading tackler after missing basically a couple of games. He was everywhere, um, man. He yeah, was he, he, he was he was fantastic late in the season. I mean, down the stretch, he was probably Georgia's best defender. But with that said about C.J. Allen, Jonel Aguero may be my favorite commitment for – or not commitment, for, but signee for Georgia in this class 
simply because, man, I love the way he plays that safety position. I love how good of a wide receiver he was in, uh, in you know, this past year, this senior year in, in Massachusetts. I know that's not the strongest ball up there, but, you know, they get after it. And, and I tell you what, I like, I like the way he's put together. He's a bigger, to me, version of Chris Smith, probably a bigger, faster version of Chris Smith because mm-hmm. I think they're very similar football players just in terms of, of body style, um, you know, you hear some of the things about his maturity and his competitiveness. Jonel Aguero, uh, Georgia would do really well to be able to pair uh, him and Malachi Starks, a couple of experienced guys there, for a, for as long as they can. And that may only be a year and a half, you know, that because Michael is Michael's likely gone after 2024. And uh, Jonel, you know, maybe maybe there's an opportunity for a junior and a, and a sophomore to kind of go at it. And uh, honestly, um, wouldn't shock me if we're looking back in 15, 20 years and we're talking about 2024 if both of those guys are healthy and you're saying, hey, that's the best Georgia safety tandem I've ever seen. Wow. Uh, yeah. I'm, on, I'm on board with you there. I, I think that, um, you know, listen, like you said, it, is it the toughest ball you've ever seen up there in Massachusetts? It's not. But No, but he was really good at IMG too. So Yeah, absolutely, man. And listen, you know, Lewis Seen came up in those same ranks that he did before transferring uh, over to Texas and – uh, finishing his career so you know they those guys play tough out there they know how to get it done and I think that those guys are uh, I think I think Aguero is one of those guys definitely to watch out for uh, in this class um, I, I thought the Jonathan Abram uh, comparison yeah Georgia people know that name pretty interesting and then uh, there was the other one they had uh, oh CJ Allen as Sean Weatherspoon which yeah I was, I, that was that's an interesting one um that is an interesting one. Yeah. I, I mean, listen, I hope so. I the, To me, I, I'm not saying he is this guy. but Spoon fan. But uh, C.J. Allen, to me, when you go turn on that tape, it reminds me a lot of what I saw out of Roquan Smith's tape in high school. He played running back. He did played, everything. He, yeah, he, he, was a, he was a do-everything guy at Lamar County. He was the running back. He was all over the field making tackles. He was dropping into coverage. He was coming into run support. He was affecting the quarterback. It just didn't really matter, man. And so uh, he has that elite athleticism in the way that Roquan did. Will he, will he be able to translate it over? I don't know. I mean, that's I'm not putting that on anybody. But he's um, definitely a tremendous, tremendous athlete. Uh, the last two we'll wrap up here before we pick up the axe and chop some wood. Monroe Freeling, the best name of the 2023 signing class, and Damon Wilson. Uh, Monroe Freeling is my favorite early enrollee just because of his name and because he's huge. 6'7", 290, uh, 290 pounds, and all that competition on Georgia's O-line is going to be huge for him and will probably be slightly painful for him at times. This upcoming season, but I think he also, from all the indications I've heard from you, Jake Rowe, and uh, knowing what he did as a recruit, Jake Roos, he could end up messing around and getting some playing time this year. I think that's possible. Sure. Listen, I, I'll tell you this: when offense or when offensive line coaches go to go to sleep at night, they dream of six foot eight, three hundred pound kids whose moms are yoga teachers. And and that's what they got in Monroe Freeling. He he is that big. Dogs and, like some yoga now. Yeah, listen, this this kid, he's got the bend already, and that's what makes him so special. He he blew people away 
at the uh, Army All-American game, or the Adidas All-American game, as it is now. But um, he was he was one of the standouts. I think the offensive line MVP of the week uh, from everything I read. So um, I I think Monroe. Listen, if if there's a freshman O lineman who has a chance to break through and get some playing time, it's definitely Monroe Freeling. Colts mania over here in our comment yeah. section. Just jacked for the dogs. Monroe Freeling, welcome to Indy. CJ Allen, you are an Indianapolis Colt. They can't jump out just yet, Colts Mania. Colts Mania, listen, Colts Mania, thank you so much for watching our show tonight. I appreciate it. I have no idea where your lot come from. I don't know what I don't know what planet. I don't know if you and Tennessee man are neighbors. And then it's just some kind of That's you guys I live. Like I think you guys live under the same power line. I don't know. <laughs> they live in I the think. same hole in the ground. They're in the darkness retreat that yeah. uh, Aaron Rodgers was in. Um, yeah, and then you know uh, Damon Wilson, just by virtue of the position, right? I, I mean, I think that they're going to be searching for guys on the edge. And Damon, um, you know, Jake, I know that you really love his ability or his, his strength as a power. Yeah, I, I just love that power. You know, it's, it's yeah. like, um, I was talking to, funny enough, I was talking to Charles Power, um, <laughs> you know, uh, at, uh, at the uh, Carrollton. Um, Speaking of great Under names. I know, right? I've, I've said this over and over again. I'm so jealous of that dude. He's got it all. Uh, he grew up in Myrtle Beach, for crying out loud. The only thing I got over him is he went to South Carolina, and I went to, uh, I think he went to South Carolina. And I went to Georgia. Maybe he didn't go to South Carolina. Maybe he went to a better school than that. Uh, but anyway, he um, we were talking about Damon Wilson. He goes, "Man, when you stand next to him, he's not the biggest guy. Like he's kind of he's kind of long limbed and and you know kind of a taller guy. You know, probably not much bigger than Nolan Smith, but in terms of height. But he's guys. He is he is incredibly powerful. He's got a powerlifting background. And and I'm telling you that that and wrestling are a couple of things that just often translate to the next level. Depend and I don't care where you play. I mean, if you play um, Branson you, Robinson, for example. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, it, it doesn't matter what position you play. If you're used to that kind of strain and physicality, and and you've got that kind of a raw ability to overpower somebody, I mean, it's it, it, listen, it's a physical game. It's a it's a strong man's game. It's a big man's game, and. Um, you know, when you can, when you have the, when you possess the strength to play bigger than you are, um, there's not a whole lot that can, that can hold you down in the, in the game. If you also, you know, have kind of the prerequisite size, even if it's the bare minimum. I'm gonna, Palmer I'm gonna... made a note of the depth for Shadera Uzo Deribe, and it's not quite as deep as the wide receiver core that we mentioned earlier, but you want to talk about a turning of the tables from one season to the next when, Georgia just couldn't keep its edge guys healthy. All of a sudden, those cupboards are looking pretty full uh, of talent going into 2023. Um, I tease chopping wood, but Jake Roos, we have uh, a decommitment tonight that a lot of people are asking us about in the comments. We're not burying, or I guess we are kind of burying the lead on that, but we're not forgetting about that bit of news. So what's the latest on the decision from Mr. Mizell? Well, I, I, before we get to Tavani Mizell's decommitment, and we, and we will talk about it, I, I want to do – I'm going to take a shot at Palmer for somebody he left off the list uh, while, while he's not oh, here. Yeah. Give himself. him the business. Why, why, and he can't defend himself. Take it away. Jordan Hall should be on that list. There's no question about it in my mind. I don't know how you miss Jordan Hall on that list. The, the, the Georgia took two defensive linemen in this class, uh, Jamal Jarrett and uh, – and Jordan Hall. 
Jamal Jarrett's probably not going to be ready in year one. It's going to take him some time, I think, uh, maybe to, to pick it up. Um, Jordan Hall, I think, is built for it. I think he's ready and rock and roll, rocking and rolling in the way that Bear Alexander was this year. Uh, big, fast, physical guy. So I think that that's uh, a, a, an omission on the part of young Palmer Toms. Uh, Jake, I'm curious if you had anybody else that you think he should have uh, he should have included on there. No, I think that's about it. I mean, I, I do like Hall a lot. I think Hall was probably a guy you put on there, but simply because of the number of guys that George is going to play on that defensive front, um, you know, if for nothing else, you might see Hall kind of get some third down snaps in that DPR role that uh, Bear Alexander played last year because Bear Alexander's probably going to be asked to play first and second down, maybe a little bit more than he was this past year. Georgia's got a lot of really good defensive linemen in the fold. I think they need a strong class in 2024, but I like that pick. Um, you know, I, I- This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Also, I also tend to kind of uh, overvalue, or, or maybe I don't overvalue, maybe I'll value it just right. Uh, uh, speed. And I think Anthony Evans is a guy, maybe as a gadget guy or some different sure. things that may be able to help Georgia. Although, because I think he's a little different than the two other speed merchants they have in Arian Smith and CJ Smith, because those guys are more straight line guys that can just go. Uh, I think I think Evans has more, more twitch and more uh, elusiveness maybe than those two do, a little bit more um, you know, kind of a you know, a jitter with a hand on him and a foot. Yeah, yeah, can't can't hit him with a handful of sand in a phone booth type dude. <laughs> the uh, the scouts for on three say that Hall reminds him of Nick Fairley. That's a guy that Georgia uh, Georgia fans never want to be reminded of again. Yeah, yeah. He, especially he, not Aaron Murray. If he's that nasty, then that would you know, yes. If he's that not, nasty, get some revenge. So Nick Nick Fairley may may have took his shots there, Murray, whatever. Nick Fairley's still a bad man. He's yeah. still a very. I mean, there goes that man, and yeah. he was he's he's him. Yeah. Um. All right. So to dive in on recruiting a little bit here, yeah. Com- decommitment tonight. Tovani Mizell opens things up. I will say, not a total surprise that he did this. I am surprised about the timing of this uh i didn't know that it was going to happen this early or think that it would happen this early but i didn't have a great feeling about tovani myself being in this class for the long term and that's partially because georgia has already had already accepted the commitment of a second back in dwight phillips and then they're keeping the gas on for guys like cam davis and chauncey bowens who are fsu and uh, florida commits respectively so it wasn't like they were kind of pulling back from it they were continuing to pursue other guys. Mizell took a tumble in the uh, recent on 300 update. Um, you know, I think he's still a good player. He's still a four-star guy, 6'1", 193. He's playing at a great school at DeMatha Catholic and, and was playing in Florida prior to that. But, you know, this was not maybe a huge shocker. And I'll be honest, I, right now I think one of those two guys is probably my pick to be the second guy in this class. Cam Davis or Chauncey Bowens would, would kind of be the two guys I would point to. I've heard a lot of buzz about how much Georgia likes Chauncey Bowens. Um, and boy, that would probably just rip the heart out of Billy Napier and, and the Gainesville staff. And 
probably nothing would excite Kirby Smart more than that. So um, I, this, he, he's a real dude, and I expect him to continue to climb the ranks. Like I said, not crazy uh, uh, to see Mizell out of this, uh, but uh, the timing, a, a bit strange. But you got to think, listen, Georgia didn't really find their guy at running back last year. I mean, they pursued, obviously, Justice Haynes and Richard Young for uh, the entirety of the cycle. But Roderick Robinson didn't even really come onto the radar, in, if I'm remembering correctly, until like May of last year. So this spring, this spring yeah, he was window, late. Yeah, the spring window is pretty key in terms of evaluations and finding other guys. But they've already got some really highly rated guys. Jared Gibson is going to OV to Georgia, the number one running back in the class. He spent some time living in Georgia, Florida ties down there. Texas feels good about him right now, but dogs aren't giving up. They're taking two in this class at a bare minimum. And, and it wouldn't shock me if there was a third, possibly, uh, if they felt like they got the right three guys. They're going to keep uh, they're going to keep pressing at that running back spot. I, I don't think that there's any doubt about that. And, you know, uh, Mizell was, was in, now he's out. Good luck to the guy. And um, I, we'll see if, uh, we'll see if they, they loop back around on it. I'm not expecting that at this point. Um, elsewhere, we did some RPM picks today, right? Yeah, you guys have uh, a new model for the RPMs. What's going on over there? Yeah, it was RPM Wednesday, uh, which is a new holiday that on three is celebrating some once in a while <laughs> as of today. Um, so we made some uh, RPM pancake picks. breakfast. We yeah. do it every Wednesday. Yeah, we put we put. Hey, uh, hey, listen, I've I've been told that if it, if they really get it going and it catches some steam, it'll be better than Arbor Day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Somebody mentioned Demarcus Riddick over in the comments. Um, and I, I wrote about that on the board. Um, yeah, there was a pick in today for Alabama. I I've been told the Crimson Tide feel pretty good coming off of his visit. Um, but I don't, I haven't heard that there's anything imminent there. Um, and even from the BAM end, that's the case. So interesting to see if that how that ends up pl- playing itself out. Um, Alabama definitely gained some steam. Auburn's a school that he's been looking at pretty closely too. He keep in mind, those. keep in mind on the RPM stuff with, with uh, Demarcus Riddick, you can't pick Georgia right now. Mm-hmm. Like you absolutely can't. I remember the same thing happening with Terry Godwin back in the day when everybody mm-hmm. was like. Uh, Man, Jake, Jake, why haven't you put in a pick for Terry Godwin for Georgia? I'm like, dude, he's been committed to Georgia forever. I can't pick Georgia. Like, I, right. I'm not picking anybody because I can't pick Georgia. Calm down. Right. So just keep that in mind when you when you look at these RPM picks. Yeah. And, you know, listen, DeMarcus Riddick said all the right things when he committed. And even when he committed, listen, the kids from Alabama. I mean, at the end of the day, those those guys are not easy to get out of that state. If Auburn and Alabama want them, look. So, okay, hold on, wait. Scroll down just a little bit there, Wes. No, scroll down. Back to the stories. Right uh, new new RPM pick for Alabama to flip at, uh, SEC commit. Auburn Tigers major threat to flip four star Georgia LB. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What do you want, man? I mean, <laughs> they both think it's going to happen. So, I listen, I, I think Georgia has a great shot with Demarcus Riddick. He grew up a Georgia fan. Family loves it. The ties are strong in Alabama, though, clearly. And everybody's feeling themselves right now, as you can tell from what's going on there. So, um, And he's going on – he has been to Auburn a couple of times, so definitely a team to watch for him for sure. So, uh, anyway, I you know, that's – 
that's going to be one to watch. I'll say that. Uh, I, I suspect that if Georgia holds on to Glenn Schumann for another season, if Georgia, if Glenn Schumann is Georgia's linebackers coach when Demarcus Riddick puts pen to paper, that Georgia's going to get him. Because Glenn Schumann, so. Schumann doesn't lose him, man. He just doesn't lose him. He goes and gets the big timers, and, and he keeps him. Georgia's recruited Alabama fairly well, um, even when Alabama's – I mean, they got one and two from the state of Alabama a few years ago, 2019. They got Pickens. They got Clay Webb. Um, obviously those two worked out much differently, uh, but, uh, they were number one and two in Alabama. And I've always said, listen, it doesn't matter. There's a difference between recruiting evaluations and your recruiting acumen. And, uh, Georgia's got plenty of recruiting acumen. They don't always hit on the evaluations. Nobody does. But, uh, when you go into Alabama and get the number one and the number two player out of there, you've done something. Yeah. No, Speaking no of flipping potentially uh, a guy from Florida, kind of made me wonder what's what do you think is the most satisfying flip that Georgia has benefited from from a rival in history trying to think I guess like in recent memory I was trying to think back about a player that Georgia might have flipped from Florida but I couldn't remember one Marcus Stroud that was a good one I knew Stroud that was the cover of Sports Illustrated a minute ago God, I, I do not remember that. That was go, that was. Go check out the uh, the road to Georgia. Improbable twists and incredible turns on the Bulldogs recruiting trail. For yes. more information on the Marcus Stroud uh, decommitment. And- oh, I, I didn't. I, I didn't. Where is that? I haven't that's heard what, of this. That's the book I wrote. Oh, I, 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 know <laughs> I didn't get a sign. I didn't get a signed copy, so I don't know. Appreciate Lucy's going to be signing copies oh, up at the bookstore <laughs> tonight at one a.m. If you want to. Head up there. <laughs> De- hey, Devod Wilson wasn't a flip. It didn't really work out, but Devod Wilson was a one-time Florida commit. And then y'all think uh, about it and I put it in the comments. I, I put Roe and Roos on the spot here, but just a little food for thought. What yeah. is the best flip from a rival that Georgia benefited from? There have been some painful ones that really kicked Georgia in the teeth. Derek Brown was a tough one. I don't even know. Was that, that, wasn't a, nah, that wasn't a flip. Wasn't Auburn, even, it wasn't even really a flip. Yeah, and Georgia led for a long time, and I don't think there was ever really a commitment imminent. Um, but I think once – Mark Rick was a big deal to that family. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Auburn had kind of – you know, I, I think once the Rick rumors started to really kick up that he was going to get fired, um, I think Georgia lost a lot of steam with him in a, in a short amount of time. And that was – Uncle Glenn says Pickens. I, yeah, Pickens is a big one. Georgia flipped him from Bama at the last minute. Um, was it Auburn? No, right? Auburn. He was. Oh, Auburn. was it? He was Auburn. You're right. You're right. Was, for some reason, I was thinking Alabama. Yeah. yeah, it was Auburn. Yeah, that's right. Matthew C says like, Justin uh, Fields he, from Penn State. Yeah, that was. Uh, he and Jaden Hazelwood were the. Uh, he and Jaden Hazelwood were like number one and number two in that class, as best I remember. Yeah. Hazelwood I don't, was committed. Yeah. Uh, to Georgia at one point, and then decommitted, and then I like I remember the I remember the Pickens commitment like. Like I got word that that was going down like about five minutes before. It Me happened. too. And I just started rambling, and I I was, <laughs> I was in a Kroger parking lot. <laughs> Nobody. I, I, that was not on. I don't. That don't. That was not on anybody's radar. Yeah, that, that was going to happen, and it was like almost like it was like that classic Jeb Bush um, uh, campaign thing where he like when he committed to Georgia and they were in that place, they were like it was almost like please clap. You know, like uh, there was nobody was nobody thought. Yes, was, you could definitely pick that up, even like Jake watching Fromm. it on the stream. Jake I would, Fromm I would. A good one over Jake Fromm's a good one. Uh, Quay Walker, another good one. Um, that That's was right. that was also a direct yes. flip. 
Uh, Justin Fields technically Ooh. wasn't a direct flip because he was committed to Penn State, decommitted, decommitted. stayed to be committed, and stayed decommitted for a couple of months before Jake Roos uh, witnessed it from a bush. From a bush. <laughs> uh, so. I was uh, in Michael, uh, Germany Michael when he committed. Was a pretty good one recently. Uh, not a not a rival flip, but uh, yeah. Uh, Michael was uh, big. Uh, was a big. Impact. But I think all things considered, you know, think about Quay Walker, Alabama. Um, you think about you know Quay Walker being a first round pick. I mean, I think that that's a good one. LSU. Yep. I mean, uh, Monty Rice is another one. Even though LSU is not a big. Uh, that was big another. Rival. That was another late one too, man. That was like a eleventh hour one for sure. Um, yeah, that was that was after a uh, that was before the early signing period. Came it was, about. but it was that was. And, and, but he was, was an early enrollee. Was that not the same class that um, Riley Ridley was in, and he just showed up to? Canada? No, that was that was the next that was the next class. Riley Ridley was in right. Kirby's first class. That was like the first two. That mm. was like God. That was back to back. That was so tough. Um, I don't think Aziz was a flip from LSU. He committed. No, no he, yeah, he, yeah. He, 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 he was never committed to the, Georgia. Right. Did Georgia? I did believe. I, I did do believe. Never mind. We're not. We, we, should, we don't need to be talking much about Adam Anderson. <laughs> um. All right. That's true. yeah. Well, y'all, y'all keep discussing that. Maybe we uh, take some more time to wrap our thoughts around that and have an answer further back from Kirby's classes that were even worse or even more impactful for the dogs. I'm going to chop wood tonight, guys, on our chopping wood Wednesday. Um. Hey, by the way, that, by the way, Georgia did flip Stetson Bennett, uh, I believe, from uh, from Louisiana, Louisiana Lafayette. Lafayette. Yeah, so that's a good one. <laughs> um, all right. By the time many of you listen to this or watch this, Georgia may have lost to LSU in the SEC tournament. I'm going to say that they won. Just going to put those uh, good vibes for the dogs out there. But 15 years ago, Georgia proved how great March Madness can be when they earn their ticket to the NCAA tournament by winning the SEC tournament in Georgia Tech's home stadium because of the crazy tornado that forced the tourney to move from the Georgia Dome to Georgia Tech's campus. And uh, I remember watching that. That was a really weird spring and summer for Georgia sports because they also lost the College World Series to Fresno State that year. So some highs and lows from the dogs in that 2008 spring. Uh, but I just wanted to shout out that team that did that and extended Dennis Felton's career for a few more months. That was fun. Let's have uh, more Georgia basketball moments like that, hopefully with better teams down the road. But uh, that was fun to look back on and reminisce about today. 100%. I, I remember it like it was yesterday. I remember the two games in one day that they had to play, which was, yep. you know, a basketball doubleheader. What are you talking about? That's crazy. Uh, one of them was talk Kentucky. About, yeah. Um, let's, let's, you know, let's, uh, let's dial it back on this whole, like, uh, can't play three nights in a row in the NBA. I saw, I saw a team win an SEC tournament playing two games in one day. You'll live, you'll make it. It'll be okay. Anthony Edwards, Anthony is Edwards, an Iron does Man. It. Anthony Edwards does it because he's a he's a he's a dog. Uh, okay, oh. listen, I, uh, I'm going to go back to Roos. I don't know what year it was. I think it's still considered prime country uh, days. Uh, Lone Star, uh, Lone Star's breakout hit. No news. Okay, telephone, tell a friend, tell a lie about where you've been. Okay, George is rooting for no news coming off spring break. Always and forever. 
Georgia's on spring break. They need no news. I'm chopping wood on that because they don't need any pot brownies um, to, to rise up and strike a safety. Uh, they don't need anything. They, they need to drive their cars the speed limit or five over at most. Um, let's don't run the car out of brake fluid uh, or anything like that. Uh, safety, everything. Listen, it's, you got Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and they'll report back on Sunday, I assume, as a team. You got three more days of no news. Keep it that way because this this team, this fan base, uh, everybody who bleeds red and black needs no news over the next three days. It's a great song reference. Yeah, I, I heard it the other day, and I, I didn't realize I remembered every damn word. So, that one of Lone Star's best hits. Send a fax. Yeah, send a pigeon, send a fax. <laughs> uh, send a signal up in smoke. Tap it out in more code. Um, I prefer a bad excuse. Yeah, so uh, I'm going to chop wood on actually what we were just talking about, which is that Georgia has a chance this year – to have the guy be the most impactful flip that they've ever had. And that's one that I had almost forgotten about. And I started looking through the rank, uh, through the, uh, all the commitments and decommitments and that kind of thing. Carson Beck, many people may not remember, was an Alabama commit and opened his uh, recruitment up very briefly. Florida came in and Florida felt like they got duped. And then Georgia uh, ended up being the uh, winner in that, that race. If Carson Beck can be the, the guy that everybody believes that he can, I think that that's going to end up being the biggest flip of Kirby Smart's uh, career so far. If he's able to come back, come out, continue what they've uh, been doing and uh, at the level that they've been doing it, take this Georgia team back to where many people hope that they can get, Carson Beck has a chance to be that guy. So we were just talking about impactful flips. Carson Beck can be the most impactful flip of the Kirby Smart era. Good stuff. That brings the show full circle. Uh, appreciate Palmer hopping in. The SEC tournament is about to begin. We don't want to compete with that. So thank you for subscribing and liking and commenting here on the Georgia show on Dogs HQ. Uh, guys, Bark After Dark was a hit with Andy Staples. If you missed that convo, tune into that. Bark After Dark every Monday at 9 p.m. And the Georgia show, which you just watched, every Wednesday and Sunday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Jake's great job guys. Thanks as always.